0: i'm your host sarah boss and welcome to attainable podcast hi guys and welcome back to the attainable podcast i am buzzing for this episode i have been We've been working to get this guest on for weeks, and so I hope you can hear my voice. I'm so excited. You guys know how much we love talking about money on this podcast. So without further ado, Katie, would you like to introduce yourself and give a brief introduction to what you do, how you get started, all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Katie. I'm over at Millennial Money Honey, where I talk about my journey to financial independence and early retirement, what is also known as the FIRE movement. Um, And I am currently an art director over at a big tech unicorn startup company and loving balancing my career life and also trying to save as much as possible, as early
0: as possible to become work optional. So yeah, excited to talk with you today. Yes, I absolutely, I love your perspective as somebody who not only like, has a career because I see a lot of like the fireman people are, um, entrepreneurs or side hustlers and they have multiple side hustles, which is great. There's like so many ways to achieve those goals. But, uh, I felt re- like I related to you a lot because you were able to talk about salary and negotiations and like how to make this work for you as well as somebody in a creative career, which I, for, I mean, for a long time was under the impression that I could not have a creative career and be successful. I was really raised in like a STEM heavy household, super grateful for that and the people that were around me. But somewhere along the lines, I just got that limited mindset and I got a full chemistry degree like thinking that that is what was going to make me financially stable and successful, obviously that's down the toilet like that. Mm, We kick that right out of there. Um, But it's so like refreshing. Can you, um, yeah, let's start there. Can you talk a little bit about your career, what you do and how you use that strategically for your financial success? Yeah. So I'm kind of fortunate in that
1: my parents work very traditional stable doctor nurse type jobs Um, but my dad when I was applying to college really encouraged my creative side I was always very into photography and things like that so when I got into I actually studied film and animation I got into film school over at USC and he was like amazing go I think he's secretly like a kind of a film geek as well like in his spare time so he was like it's a great film school. You have to go. So he really encouraged that. Um, But I did always have this mentality of like, as you were saying, being in a creative field and background, I just was never going to make money. And that was never really a goal of mine. But um, an emphasis that has always been placed on me was follow your passion and the money will follow, like do what you love and money will work itself out if you work really hard at what you do and you really love it. Um, And fortunately for my dad, that's how it's always turned out. um, so it was a really great background and upbringing to have been raised in. And um, following that went into not so much animation because actually while I was studying it, I decided I actually didn't really like it, but I didn't wanna start all over, you know, probably by the time you realize, yeah, it's chemistry for me. Like, I'm just gonna send it like, we'll just finish this. Don't wanna pay more money <laughs> to like stay in school. So ended up pivoting to more of kind of where you are probably now marketing, creative art direction and design um and went to a entertainment marketing agency so more related to promoting films marketing um segued into retail and e which is like i worked at tom's shoe company and then knew i wanted to get into tech because i wanted ultimately to have the option to be in the bay area near my parents so i didn't really think understand i don't think how much money tech pays relative to other industries. I just had no idea. (laughs) I don't know why it just didn't click. But after working in tech and understanding how equity and things like that uh, play a component into your total compensation and how that can affect your salary too, and the money you're making, it all sort of clicked and can dive more into that later. But um, yeah, started looking for a job in tech after that. And I will say breaking into the tech industry was a little bit hard for anybody who was also interested, but I just took contract roles like three month contracts just to have, you know, Snapchat on my resume and then it was so much
0: easier to navigate into other bigger companies. That is fascinating and this is so um like relevant, I I've been trying to find a creative director to chat with, literally separately for my own personal like professional goals because I um again studied chemistry and so this whole sector of careers I was so not exposed to, um so I'm I would love to I would love to pick your brain about that a little bit later um but so so that's incredible um how did you get into your your financial journey the fire movement where did that all start
1: yeah so I um I started quote unquote later which is to say not really that later I was probably like 27 and you know initially in this field I didn't make that much money I was maybe earning out of college 35,000 literally like my parents still had to you know every so often send me a rent check because living in Los Angeles like I "Mm -hmm." and also valuing the time like you're going out more when you're younger, your friends are going out. And I didn't want to miss out on those opportunities. And I'm so glad that I didn't. Um, But so it wasn't until maybe three-ish years into my career, I'd started making $65,000. And that was when enough for me to support myself and didn't need any help. Um, But I also kind of was raised with this mentality I grew up in Texas for context well you think oh I gotta get married super young I thought for sure and I'm 31 now I thought I'd be married by now I thought I'd have four kids like this is just the life I pictured and how my parents and my grandparents like it's always been grandma grandpa my dad taking care of the finances like my grandmother and my mom have are just totally like I mean, and thank God their relationships have worked out and, you know, they didn't have any mess financially. And, you know, if they were to have divorced, like they would have been, you know, kind of SOL, like it would have been bad. (laughs) But um, so I always expected that for me as well. But finally I was earning enough money. I was very, very single. And I was like, okay, I I guess I got to like, start doing something because ain't no man is going to invest my money. What a great
0: place to be. What a great place to so, be. It was uh yeah, I I ended up for the best honestly. oh oh my gosh. So how did you learn about the fire movement? I I went through books. This was I don't remember. I think somebody said Rich Dad Poor Dad and I was like, okay, and so I like read that one and I don't know if that was everybody's gateway drug, but that was that mine. Was mine. That was mine.
1: Yes, it's literally but not so much about financial independence. That was more of just the concept of like the concept oh, of financial education. And yeah, money needs to make money. Your money needs to earn, whether it's being invested and you're earning growth or dividends on on that money. Um so, sort of that one. But that I started reading. That of I read Ramit's book. I read a couple of others, and then somebody suggested, hey, you know, you should check out this blog, Mister Money Mustache. I think it was an old coworker like you should you would probably like this stuff and read this article called the shockingly simple math behind early retirement where it kind of outlines this chart of the percent of savings that you save the closer you will be to becoming work optional and so once I found that I was like okay time to track my money see how much my savings rate when can I realistically according to this chart retire um and not have to work a nine-to-five I can do you know whatever I want um yeah and so that was
0: really the gateway I would say into fire specifically yeah have you read financial I'm looking at where's I haven't gotten bookshelves yet so I have a book stack it's called financial independence by where are you oh wait no financial freedom by grant
1: I'm grabbing it Grant Sabatier. Yes. I, I, I have not read that. I have read his story. I will say. Um, I know he has a marketing background too, and kind mm-hmm. of went that route and like started his company and then. It, that yeah.
0: Happened. Some of the stuff, uh, that, was, that same with what it was like the five hour work week. I, both of those, uh, books, it was like quite far. And then I kind of had to figure out which parts I was going to take with me. Um, because, and that's, I think a, a big theme in the space is some people will really like, they'll throw the ball really hard. And I'm like, okay, I, that's not where I'm at. So I'm just going to take the bits and pieces that work out for my journey. Um, but he, he, that was the first time I was introduced to that math. And he did have a concept called your number. Um, and cause like, it never occurred to me. It was like, oh, how much do I need to retire? Like, what is, what is that? Even look like like oh I want to retire early okay well there's like literally has to be a number in an account that to make that happen and make that make sense and that was the first time I was broken down with the math of it that's what I'm so in love with with money is the math I think it's fascinating and so finding out and calculating your number which ends up being a lot lower than people think for I mean you still you know you need a a, quite a bit but like I don't know people are I thought I'd have to have like millions in the bank in order to be able to retire and that's so not the case thanks to uh interest (laughs) and (laughs) accruing so um yeah no when I found that out I was like oh this is a lot more possible
1: than I thought and for those listening I'll just say the back of the nap napkin math that Sarah is referring to is your annual spend times 25 I want to say um which is the quote unquote 4% rule. I I'm actually horrible at math. I'm sure you're much better. You're a chemistry major. But um that was just like the rule of thumb or I think it's times 30 through if you want to err on the conservative side um and have like if you feel like you need a safety net. Yeah. So for me, I'll give my numbers just as an example Yeah. If, um I'm aiming for 1.5 million. And I think that's an annual spend of around $60,000, which is mm-hmm. well above my current spend. Cause I just am a little bit cautious.
0: Yeah. I just, it, that, that was the first time it occurred to me. I was like, oh, like what it actually takes to depending on your area, but like really what you spend a year is not as much as you think.
1: Yeah, no. And I, yeah, I think also that's also what I realized too. I'm not sure how do you track your money exactly because I just use a spreadsheet and that's like
0: what I'm a spreadsheet girl I am a I am all excel spreadsheets not a big fan of the apps mainly I haven't found one that I loved I think um I've also had issues with like they're usually like a lot of them come from some sort of iteration of like the envelope system and how much you're spending on each category which i think that can be super helpful in some cases but it just wasn't for mine i like really needed something where I can see where my money was going how much money then was left for my spending and i more wanted to track out my spending i was like that's an easy track it was i wanted to know what my percentage percentages were going into whatever accounts and then also being able to track their growth which that's probably something I'm, you know, a whole system going to audit this year, just because I want to be a lot more, uh, cognizant with like looking at like the monthly growth. Um, cause to me, I'm like, okay, I know I'm putting this much money in this account, but I really want to be like, okay, but what how are we getting into like to our goals? I literally just ordered glass, uh, these like glass sheets I'm going to use as like clear whiteboards to put on my office wall. And cause I don't know why I do really, do you remember, I don't know if you had an elementary school where they had the a thermometer for any fundraiser or reading challenge and you colored it in. I'm not joking. I'm making that like for all of my accounts because I'm like visuals, love it. Like this will just keep it because because your daily life just gets in the way of you thinking about these things. I'm like that. That's gonna keep that all that front of mind. But yeah, no, I'm a spreadsheet girly through and through. Yeah, no, I think the same because you can just set it up to whatever works
1: best for you and the numbers mm-hmm. you need. I'm same same with you, like the category thing. I'm like, and then I feel so guilty if you break out of like, oh, yeah, it'd stick to my $200 budget on food. I'm like upset. So and life
0: changes. Of- it's just like, I was like, I just need to know that I'm sticking with my overall thing. Yes. So
1: agree. Totally agree.
0: Um, so with, can let's, let's back up a little bit. On what is the fire movement? If somebody's is listening to this and like totally, not uh not aware of what that movement is or what the goals are associated with that or why, um that is also you know what some of the everything has a good and bad. So what are the things that can be taken from the fire movement and and potentially ignored?
1: Yeah. So fire st- it's like F I slash R E like the slash R E. So it's in sort of financial independence, retire early. And the slash R E is just because like not everybody's gonna retire early. I also like yeah. it's almost like a marketing buzzy, like you just think retire early. How can you how can you yeah. do that? And it kind of just makes you think, huh, what what is that? It makes you more curious about it from like a just like a again, marketing spin on it. But it's just a movement or a group of people who are focused on saving and investing enough money. where they can live off that nest egg in perpetuity and you never potentially have to work again assuming you know you're you're spend and you're not living a hugely extravagant life in other than the life you're currently living right now um so uh it's it's definitely a growing movement but i will say there are you you kind of get caught up in this like grand idea and it sounds amazing and then you start to realize like, okay, I have this big goal in mind. And this is kind of where I am, where I was caught up in the the whirlwind of excitement. And now I'm like, okay, five years from now, I think I can retire early, but like, how do I enjoy the, these five years too? Because at the end of the day, I'm not an entrepreneur. A lot of these people, as you were saying, you know, um, in- financial freedom or Grant Sabatier's book or the four-hour work week. These are like mm-hmm. serial entrepreneurs. And I think the vast majority of people are just like corporate girlies. Like- right. Like
0: how do we do this as like a normal person that and we don't have to go over the learning curve and everything it takes to set up like a automatic business that makes you money in your sleep because it's based on Facebook ads and Etsy sales or something. I'm like, no, like I don't that's like a whole nother roller coaster girly. I need something not that. Exactly. So kind of trying
1: in this current year to navigate, like, you know, I actually do really enjoy my job and I get, I know my worth. I'm getting paid fairly for my industry and I'm an art director at my art director level. So how do I say, okay, you know, I'm enjoying this job. Like I need to almost chill a little bit. Like I need it and I'm happy. So I think- even if I were to extend out my career by a year or so to really, really be cushioned for fire, like that mentality will be healthier mm-hmm. in the long term sustain me for the next four or five years.
0: Yeah. No, I like that. I, and I also, I like adding like more work optional, like whenever I'm talking about financial goals with my husband or whenever anybody's asking, I'm like, I know myself, we're also only 25, like you know, we, and there's a lot of things that we want to accomplish. I'm like, I want to be able to just have the option to work. Cause I'm assuming we're going to be doing a lot of things. Like maybe I can change career paths and do something completely different just for the sake of it. But I want to be able to have that choice and still live a comfortable life. And if I want to take a couple of months just to travel or just to be a human, like then I can do that. I won't be tied to a, Thing because I actually need it to live that's the part where I was like yeah I don't I don't want that for as long as it has traditionally been I don't see myself working the same thing until I'm 60 grinding out and then having a retirement party where I can barely walk out of it like I just didn't want that yeah and I think I think the
1: modern millennium nobody does yeah like we, none of us want that so how do we kind of find a way to do that is just everybody's question I think and everybody yeah. and truly I think building and finding a community of like-minded people who have to share the same mentality is like so important to mm-hmm. feeling like you can do it because actually I will say a lot of people in my life are like oh like can you is that really enough which oh, really which Oh yeah. Even my dad was like, do I need to save for my retirement and your retirement too? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dad. Like, no, okay, (laughs) no, but, um, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, I think like, it's your life too. Like you'll, I'll figure it out. I'm not going to let myself go down to zero, but it's really like, well, I happen to be burning through all this money. You know, I'll figure it out. Don't worry about me, dad. yeah yeah I love that it's trust of concern and love you know like he doesn't want of me to like, be out on the streets. So.
0: yeah of course of course um as comfortable as you are you know are could you share a little bit about the system that you use for yourself how you um how you basically so you said you use excel sheets um my personal like um curiosity is always in how people set up their accounts i'm a big like i don't know why i want to open accounts like everywhere like i am a big i yeah yeah i and and i'll say that like um savings accounts are my favorite and i'm a big savings account labeler and so and which and 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 to a certain degree like a lot of people have the um mentality they're like kind of have it all in one so you get maximum return and i was like i hear that i see that 100 percent. however like when we broke it down we're like just from an organization perspective we're going to be losing more money from how much we're going to get lost if it's all lumped in one sum as far as like for us it's like travel our like uh uh, like short-term savings, our emergency savings. Like if we all do that in one thing, I'm like, I'm going to lose it all. Like, I don't know what's going to be what. And mm-hmm. so I love, like I have that whole thing set up and then we've got the, like our investments set up and I love that stuff and everybody has their own system. So I'm curious to what you're comfortable with sharing. Like wh- how did you organize that for yourself?
1: Um, I am more of a minimalist when a it- Comes to my financial accounts, I use, I hear what you're saying about like the almost different, very specific accounts for very specific things. I use Ally Bank, which has like lets you bucket it. Yeah. And, like you can like label the amount you like. This is for my taxes. Like I have that $6,000 chunked away. And, and it like visually, I mean, it's all the same account, but visually, really?
0: like it has different like slots for it so it can, you can see like that might like, be that might be the move because i'm like i understand how i'm i'm losing like a percent of xx like you know points a percent of like interest increase by this but my personal system i was like i'll just lose the money like i don't know where it will go and i'll spend it on the wrong thing
1: oh yeah yeah i used to i actually but i did used to be like that i used to have like savings account for separate things until i switched to ally then i was like this is too many tax return forms that I have
0: to remember to send in for every yeah.
1: accountant, like, and so just consolidated everything and closed everything out.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. That might be a move for me to look at.
1: Yeah. Um, but, and then I try to consolidate all of my investment brokerages. Um, I just have my like Roth IRA, 401k, like just everything is just like one. And actually yeah. I guess consolidated all of my old companies, 401ks into like a single account. So that I'm not lost looking for passwords and figuring. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So I try to keep my money as minimal as possible because then too I'm like afraid. What if I forget about an account somewhere? Or
0: no, one hundred percent. And it is ours. Our cons- like it's all of um savings are Navy Federal. All for right now. Right. All of my brokered stuff is in Edward Jones. I think I might be changing that soon, potentially, but yeah i'm like okay yeah at least
1: having it at the same institution i will say. yeah
0: everything's at the same. yeah i got two institutions they do what they do like whatever how i have talked to people though that have like they're like oh i've got a place with Be- uh bank of america i've got something with wells fargo we've got i'm like i'm i'm gonna shit my pants that makes me so nervous i have no idea what's happening Same. Yeah.
1: No, not for me. Minimal.
0: I don't want to lose any money. (laughs) (laughs) Because at
1: the end of the day, I I just am very forgetful. I'm like, I mean, I track my money pretty religiously. That's one thing
0: I'm very diligent about. Yes. The rest of my life is very scattered. (laughs) So I'm like, Do you um on a monthly basis? Because I think that's like a really easy way for people to break down what system do you use as far as do you have automatic? uh, automatic deposits. Um, do you break down your paycheck differently every month or just kind of a consistent, um, consistent deposit? Yeah. What does that look like? Every
1: single month right now, my direct deposit goes, I think 1200 semi-monthly into like my spending. And then the rest just gets dumped into high yield savings account, but Mm -hmm. that high yield savings account goes into, um, my investments. And then a portion of that goes to my investments. And I have it set up the shop where it automatically invests in the index fund itself. Like I don't even think about it. I, again, I, I, if I, if it were up to me, I would just forget. So automate everything that I can just to keep it foolproof for myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, wait, so you have, your paycheck goes into like your regular checking. Yeah, it's like a high yield checking, if that makes sense. Got like, it. Is, is that where your spending comes from?
1: Yeah, where my spending comes Got from. Got it, okay. Really, it goes to my credit cards and then I pay off all my credit cards from that account.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a, like credit card use for everything. Don't spend more than I have, it, but I'm like, I want those points. Oh, yeah. I want those points, so bad. Pay it off, like it's not money if we don't have it, but. Exactly, exactly. And that has always been like bad.
1: Do not die to no, no debt. Um, that's always been a great in me. So um, paying it off immediately. Yeah. Like even before the bills do, I like try and pay off my credit cards. I'm like scared.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I used to like, I used to pay my credit card off weekly. I would just like. <laughs> i would just go in i'd be like done 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 like i don't even somebody asked like what's your credit card limit i was like i don't know whatever is in my bank account whatever is in my paycheck like that is my limit i have no i just i just use that card for the points but it might as well be a debit card like it just has a once once a week twice a month kind of rotation no literally so okay so um and then you've got a certain amount that goes into a high yield savings
1: Yes. Certain amount goes to a little bit of a high yield savings. Although I think I'm going to stop because I've reached my like emergency fund like goals and my tax goals, what I've, I'm saving up for, to pay my um taxes for this next year. I like to pay taxes and I did a bunch of freelance work this year. So as a designer, they don't take out the taxes and I'm going to have mm-hmm.
0: to pay a crap ton of money. Oh my um, God. I'm, this. yeah, I have both I have the, I'm a W, what is it? W-9 employee. And then I, or W-2 employee. And then I also have a 1099 and I am not looking forward to what that tax yeah. information is going to look like. Uh-huh. Not right. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: but it is what it is. We made the money and we should be thankful for that. <laughs> exactly.
0: That's true. That is very true.
1: Taxes. Um, but yeah. And it, Once I've saved up whatever number I've decided in my high yield savings account, I'm like, okay,
0: no more for now until I need to replenish it again. Yeah, that's something that I think is a really interesting conversation of um, like how goals change. Like, I think that a lot of people hear about emergency savings and they just think, oh, we're just going to. So, I guess we'll just put like a certain amount in forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, no, you have a goal for that savings. And once you hit that goal, like, you're good like then you move that into something else you move that into another goal into another investment however that looks for you
1: yeah make your money again i want my money to work as hard for me as possible for me that's usually the stock market like in an index fund i you'll it'll earn more as more earning potential than it does sitting in my savings so
0: yeah. Can you, um, briefly go over like your purpose with like, say your index fund? And cause I, I still think of everything almost as if it's a savings account, even though I know that earnings different. So like emergency savings account, I know what that's for my traveling savings account. I know what that's for my Roth IRA. I know what that's for like that's retirement. But then when people start talking about these like index funds, I'm, I get very confused on what the purpose of those are, are for besides just money growth. And I'm like, what's that money for? I don't know why. Big fan of labels, I guess.
1: So I guess an index fund is just a type of investment inside any of those accounts. So it's like, for me, all of my index funds that are, and honestly money in every single account is just for early retirement. (laughs) Like it's not- you You all kind of bucket that. yeah, Yeah, it's all counting towards that.
0: There's that there. makes sense no 100 that makes sense are do you, are there any like tools or resources that you highly recommend besides yourself we all know that we'll plug everything that you have um but tools or resources that you can recommend for anybody who is just getting started on their i'll say financial education journey
1: i personally and i've watched it uh, is um if you follow personal finance club over on Instagram, he has an index fund investing course, which is where I would, if you really want somebody, obviously the information is free, but I think it's like $80 or something. Mm -hmm. to Take his course. And it's really comprehensive, breaks down why you should be investing. And he's just like, no nonsense. And he's like a really great, Jeremy's a really great guy. So, um, and I think he wants it to be, you know, I don't know, people sell courses for hundreds and thousands of dollars. Yeah, Very reasonable. And he wants everybody to be able to, you know, earn their piece of the pie. So, um, I think $80 is very reasonable to where you still have some money stake in the game, but also it's affordable. Um, so his personal finance clubs, index fund investing course, um, it's a really great resource and Ramit's I will teach you to be rich book. I think is really, really good for beginners. Really? I've not read that one. It's like, I gave it to all my sisters, when they graduated college. And that's, it's just, it breaks everything down, do this and then this, then this, then this. And it's very, very
0: digestible. I love that. I love that. Okay. This is awesome. Where can people find you then and get all the information that they want from you? So I'm
1: millennial money, honey, basically everywhere. I have my YouTube channel where I break down my monthly spending. If you really want to get nosy about how i (laughs) where every single dollar of every single month
0: goes, um, I'm over there and on TikTok and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for being so open to the information, guys. Um definitely check all of her resources out. She's got so much information. Um and yeah, I I thank you so much for being a voice in this space and having that kind of different perspective for yes, the corporate girlies and um those really wanting the breakdown. You're very um open and authentic and I uh, just love what you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, Guys, if you love this episode, absolutely go share it with friends, uh, post it on your Instagram stories at tag attainable podcast, definitely tag millennial, millennial money, honey. So we can shout you out all the type of things. Um, If you are feeling lovely, dandy, and excited, definitely give this podcast a rating and review. Five stars is the best because we're all pals and that's what pals do. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.